back at it. Welcome, welcome, Lionheart, to the Women Who Finish podcast, where we are empowering you to take bold action in your purpose, your passions, and your purity, because they matter to God. And he did not save you on layaway, right? He paid full price for you to live a full life. So we are out here taking full advantage of everything he left for us. We have been diving into the You Are Confident series, and I am Robin Ann, your confidence coach. You can find me over at robinann.com or instagram.com slash R-O-B-Y-N-A-N-N-L, where all the conversation happens after, so be sure to come on over. And let's talk about it, especially today's topic. I'm really excited to dive into this one because a lot of times this area is what we use as the main excuse for not finishing things that God has given us to do or things that are just on our heart to do that we can't shake, but because we can't tell if it's a booming voice from heaven, we drop it, right? It's like we think, "Uh, I'm not sure if this is God or not. And we don't give ourselves permission to pursue some of these passions. Again, some of these things, they're not necessarily a calling, but it's how God has wired you to be passionate. Anyway, I'm wanting us to dive into this topic for sure today. And so we're going to tackle very quickly. You are confident, but you're waiting for permission from the wrong sources. You're waiting for permission from the wrong sources, beloved. And a life that's lived waiting for permission from the wrong people is a life that is usually dead-ended. A life that usually does not go after the things they need to go after. Because quite frankly, there aren't too many people in this life who you need permission from. And so if you're waiting for them, my goodness, you won't get anything done. Um, really, the first point that I wanted to make is a lot of times you are waiting for parents, pastors, bosses. I mean, we're waiting for people who cannot give us specifics to tell you specifically what to do. You're waiting for specifics from people who cannot tell you specifically what to do. They just can't. Your pastor can give you some direction, inspiration on how to really pursue God and hear from him. Your parents give you some guidance tell you some of the talents and the strengths that they see that you have, but they cannot tell you exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing. They cannot do that for you, love. And so we have to stop waiting for someone to force us. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. As church girls, sometimes we are legit just waiting for that prophet to call us up, call us up, call us out on that Sunday morning when they're visiting or, you know, just we're really waiting for someone to see us and say, thus said the Lord, you are supposed to stop choir practice for a month and go out and feed these homeless people and create subscription boxes for this audience. And I mean, we are waiting for someone to give us the details of the things already written in our journal. We are legit waiting for them to just see us, and give us the full rundown. And thank God there are many times where God will do that. There are many times if God sees the need 
He will send a prophet with some specific word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But that is not how we were called to operate as Christians. That's not how we're called to operate as daughters of the Most High God who have direct access to his heart and who knows his ways and his passions and his desires, right? So we have got to stop waiting for that. Stop waiting for people to see us and tell us specifically what to go do. You have specific things already on your mind. I can guarantee it. Specific things that you see are issues that you're like, man, if I could just get this plus this together, I know I could answer this person's problem. If I could just launch this website, I know I can provide this service to this group of people. I know because of this experience I have, this testimony, that if I just shared it, it would really impact this audience. We already have specifics in our mind and we have got to stop thinking that permission only comes from a person. That will not happen most of the times, beloved. And that's why I even love Nehemiah, my favorite book of the Bible. Oh my gosh, I love that man. Nehemiah 2.12. Or let me give you some context before we even get into that verse. I mean, in the book of Nehemiah, we see where this is just a man of God. He's a regular cupbearer to the king. Nothing special. You know, he's not a priest. He's not a prophet. He just gets news. You know, he's just chit-chatting with his buddy who came back from Jerusalem. And he's asking how things are doing. And they just gave him, you know, the basic update report. You know, things are going okay, but there's no wall. So, I mean, the people there are kind of exposed, vulnerable Basic report. I mean, nothing that was like booming voice from heaven. And Nehemiah just goes into such a, a, a season of just grief and he's upset. He's like, man, the people of God are having to deal with this. The people of God are having to, um, you know, face shame and embarrassment in this area. And Again, he's praying, he's saying to God, you know, God, we really don't deserve more than that because we've been the ones who've been disobedient. You know, he's doing all that. And then, again, still, you don't see where God interjects in any part of this prayer and tells him, I want you to go build that wall. And yet, Nehemiah rises up from prayer. He's like, God, I need you to give me confidence to go ask the king for something. You, you next see in the next chapter, chapter two, he goes before the king. He asks if he can go do this thing for his country, which is build the wall because they're in shambles. I mean, at every step of the way, you see where God is not the one who's given him any instructions. This is something Nehemiah is all along the way saying, God, I'm about to do this and I'm afraid. Give me confidence. God, I'm about to ask the king for this. Give me favor. God, I'm about to provide what I think could be a solution for your people, could be an answered prayer, could be what they've been waiting on. I see a way that it can be done. I see a way that we can gather resources and really make this happen. 
And that's all he's doing is following what he sees as possible and following what he sees as access to resources because of the position he is in as cupbearer to the king. And this man, in a few chapters, gets that wall built, knocked out, done. Done. No word from God, no booming, you know, thus saith the Lord. I mean, maybe, of course, he got some confirmation and peace and prayer because usually you need that. You want to wait, you know, for Holy Spirit to give you that settled, you know, peace, that peace. If he's definitely saying stop, you don't want to keep going after something that he's saying. That's not, no, that's not on you. That don't, mm, don't pick that up. That's not on you to do. If you're feeling that in any project, obviously don't do it. Abandon it and say, okay, God, I'll wait. But if you're not getting any of that hesitation, instead it is weighing on your heart like me, Maya, go ahead and ask the Lord confidently for favor. Ask him for favor to ask for the resources, to gather the team, to get it done. You don't need to wait for your pastor to tell you that you should go start this ministry. If this ministry is what's on your heart and burdening you, go start the ministry. Go start the business. Go start the prayer line. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, we cannot wait for permission from people who are barely trying to run their own callings, their own businesses. And sadly for many churches, that's what the pastor's trying to do. He, I mean, he's trying to keep this business afloat. Yeah, it's supposed to be a ministry, but he's also, you know, he's just really trying to keep what God has given him to steward up and running. And so he, a lot of times, is not going to have that bandwidth to see you and see exactly what you've been called to do and to tell you that, hey, it's time. Go do it. Right? So I want to free somebody up in that area. I don't know. I really felt like that was to free somebody up. Nehemiah 2.12 specifically, I really loved because as Nehemiah is gathering resources, building a team, sees the need to build this wall, he's doing the research and seeing you know, how he's going to build a strategy to do this thing, he's still doing it quietly. Still doing it quietly. He's not notifying all the prophets and all the priests. He's quietly going around to kind of do some research. And he says, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. You hear that? It's just something that he acknowledged. God had just put it in his heart to do for his country, to do for his nation, to do for his neighborhood, to do for his family. It's not something that came from a, 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 a script that was buried and dug up, that had his name written on it, that in this year, A.D. 330, Nehemiah will rebuild this wall. Because we see that a lot also in the Bible, right? But then here's an example of a man that just saw an issue, saw a problem, saw a need, and said, I feel like with the position I'm in, God, I can, I can respond to this. I can do this with your help. If you give me favor, I'll do it. And he did it. As simple as that. So check out that book. Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. The whole book is good. But the verse that I was just referencing was chapter 2 verse 12. 
Um, and that just gives you an introduction into just seeing him hear of an issue and really see a way that he could be the answer. And he did it. He didn't wait for permission from a king or a prophet or a priest. Obviously, if you're submitted to parents or pastors in any capacity and they need you to run certain things by them because it's going to affect their ministry or their home or their domain that they're over, you need to make sure you submit that to them. You know what I'm saying? Don't be in a church and then be rebellious by starting something in a church that is not yours because you didn't run it by the person's church who it belongs to, right? Don't do that. Let's not be that way. Everything is still done in order and done well. But if this is something that, I mean, come on, God's, your pastor is not going to know that in your day-to-day work, you come across cancer patients all the time and they're needing wigs and you are just so skilled in making wigs that you want to start that that ministry or that business. Your pastors can't know that and so let's stop looking for permission for some of these things that we are supposed to go out into the world and do. We're not made for the church. We are the church who are made to go out into the world and make an impact out there. Your pastor inspires you in church to go out and do and be the church and be the light and be the answer and the solution and the answered prayer out there. Okay. Be free in that. Be free in that. Be free in that. In Jesus name. I know that's for someone specifically. And I can't wait to hear how you just are now free to just go, go do it. So that's one way a lot of times that we're waiting for permission from the wrong source. God has already given you permission because he's given you the vision. Boom. That's it. Run with it. (laughs) You're the only one with the vision, so you're the only one who can do it. You're the only one who can see it. Number two is a lot of times we think that if we have permission from God, that means there's going to be absolutely no resistance. None. We just think, man, this is the Lord. I'm going to go start gathering a team, start gathering resources. And the minute we hit upon some form of resistance, we just think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I think I must be doing something against the will of God or this is too hard. And, and we stop. We stop. We think this just obviously can't be something God's asking us to do because there would not be any resistance. What a lie that is, right? I mean, probably even as I'm saying it, many of you are realizing that that is a lie from the pit of hell. I mean, all throughout the New Testament, when we saw where God was giving the people of Jerusalem permission, not even permission, a command to go after a promise, go and take this thing that I'm giving you. He would always say, go and take possession of it. I'm giving you this land, go and take possession, right? So I'm giving you this, go with my permission and take possession. You know what possession, take possession usually meant? That usually meant, or always meant, go war for it. Go pick a war with the people who live there and take it from them. That's usually what that meant. 
If that's not resistance, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? I'm like, God, how are you going to tell people to just pick battles? And I remember for so long when I was studying this a few years back, I was like, this is crazy because everything in me would want to run from resistance, run from picking a battle, run from trying to go after something that somebody else already has. I'm like, oh, no, never mind. You know, if you have it, it's for you. Amen. I'm going to release that in Jesus name and, you know, just move on. Right. And God took me through this study of realizing that take possession was him telling his people, I'm giving it to you. You now have permission to go pick a battle for it. You now have permission because for us, obviously, the parallel is usually spiritual. Right. So a lot of things that were represented physically and visually in the Old Testament really are just patterns for us in the spirit realm at this point, right? So God was like, when I tell you I'm giving you something, that's just permission for you to go pick a battle for it in the spirit realm, which means there is going to be resistance, but I am giving you permission to war for it in my name to go into the spirit realm and put everyone on notice, every demon on notice, that Jesus paid for this thing for me. And so I am taking hold of it. I am taking possession of it. I will be pursuing it. I will be persevering until I get it in Jesus's name. That's it. That's it. You're getting permission to go fight. Not permission to not have resistance, but permission to go fight. And I know for many of us, that is a crazy thing to imagine, but I want us to open up our minds and not be like the 10 out of the 12 spies in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, where God told them, hey, I'm giving you this land. I need you to go take possession of it. And instead, they went, they explored, they saw that it was good. And instead, they saw the resistance and they said, yeah, it's a good land, but the people in it are just too big and we're sure they're going to crush us. So we are going to take that to mean Jesus can't be serious. So nah, we're not going to fight for it. And they chose not to fight. And it actually angered God. It angered God so much that he said, I'm going to make sure you wander in this desert for 40 years until you all die. And then the next batch will try this again. When I say go for something, you have my permission, go for it and do not look at the resistance. Do not look at the circumstances. You look at me and what I said. You obey me and what I asked you to go do. And I was like, that put the fear of God in me. Numbers 13 and 14, go read it. I'm telling you, it'll put the fear of God in you too. So that's number two. Number one, stop looking for permission for people to tell you specifically what to do. And number two, stop thinking that permission means that there will be no resistance. God is actually giving you notice that there will be resistance, but you have permission to war for it anyway, to push back. That's all. You have permission to push back. That's all you need to see permission as. Not for an easy, breezy, butterfly process. Just... Permission to push back 
in Jesus' name and to just confidently know that God is for you, so he's fighting with you, and that's why you're guaranteed to win. Don't be scared, okay? Don't let any spirit or person bully you out of what God said is yours to accomplish. And number three, you are confident, but you're confusing authority with approval. A lot of times we think when we've been given permission by God to do something, that everyone around us is going to approve of that. Like everyone around us is just going to immediately be like, oh my gosh, yes, I completely agree with that. Give us the approval to just go out and do it. And many times that just doesn't happen. Permission comes with authority. It does not come with approval. So approval is something that you wait for someone to give you, whereas authority is something you take. You will have to take authority over your space and resources and time and your mind and your joy and your peace. When God gives you permission to do something, you're going to have to now take authority over pursuing that thing and stewarding the resources and talents God says you should start with. And you just have to do it. You are going to have to choose to do it, no matter who approves of it or not. And so this is to free someone else up. Do not think that just because God gives you permission, that means everyone's going to approve. It just doesn't happen that way, beloved. Luke 12 verse 48 reminds us that, you know, everyone who's been given much, much will be required. So when God gives us permission to do something, he's, he is expecting results. He is expecting a return on the investment. He's expecting a return on those talents in us. He's expecting a return on that vision. He's expecting a return on that breath. The very breath you woke up with this morning that you're breathing, that's his. And he's like, I'm not giving you this for fun. I'm giving you this breath to produce fruit for me. I'm giving you this breath because I've given you permission to go do something. Don't waste it by waiting for approval from people who don't matter. Lionheart, let's not be foolish, right? Let's not be foolish. Who much is given, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We're so blessed, so blessed, many of us with where we live, this generation that God has birthed us in, the technology that we have at our fingertips, the creativity that we get to see all around us and get to have bubble up inside of us. Let's not waste it. Let's not waste it and take for granted the permission and the freedom that God has afforded us by sending us to live for such a time as this, right? You're in your community for such a time as this. You're in your home for such a time as this. You're in your generation for such a time as this. You have permission for such a time as this to impact this generation, this society, this people for such a time as this. Amen? And so let's not sleep on that permission. 
I love you, love you dearly, and I'm praying, praying that the Holy Spirit gives you so much peace and freedom to go with confidence and power into the things he's put on your heart to do, into the things he's already spoken over you to do clearly, and that you realize that no resistance, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you have permission to war and allow Jesus to battle for you. I love you, beloved, and I can't wait to really have some conversations on this one on Instagram. Let's talk about it. See you over there.